two locks and a cox. From Dylan's Radio X. We're now live for the third episode of Two Locks and a Cox. I'm joined once again by Dame Sarah Cox, MBE, the greatest re- female rugby referee in the history of time. Ian Dunstan, a legend in his own lunchbox and one hell of a rugby player if you ask him at a bar after 11 o'clock. Brad the Rugby God and myself, Chris Bentley, former Exeter Chiefs Foundation Stone. Two Locks and a Cox. From Dylan's Radio X. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable. I thought I'd get away with that. That so t- was unbelievable. So, so today on the pod, we've we've had a bit of a bit of feedback. We're going to go for a little bit less with a little bit more detail. So on the field, we're going to look at preseason. Obviously, the Rugby World Cup preparations, and there's been one club had their first preseason game down in the southwest. Off the field signings, who signed where, what's exciting with the signings going on, and then in the bin, it's it's a true confessional from me. I now can't support England as there's no extra Chiefs in the team, and I'm now Chris Evans. Son of Wales. Oh no! <laughs> You've started on it already, haven't you? What? He's been talking about this for ages ever since it came out. I know, like, but I know. That boy Jenkins. He's one of the boys, eh? See, the Welsh don't want you. The England Welsh didn't <laughs> want you. <laughs> That's terrible. Wow. wow, that is terrible. So, where are we going to start? Uh, well, we'll go, hang on a minute. On the field, sponsored by it could be you. Uh, we're three episodes in. Our listenership is well through the thousands. We're getting close to 10,000 all over. So if you want your local business to be involved with other local businesses, talk to us, Brad, Brad at RadioX.co.uk, and you can have your business sponsoring on the field of Two Locks and a Cox. On the field pre-season, it's clubs and it's Rugby World Cup prep. We have to start with England um, against Wales. No, We've- I don't think we start with England and Wales, I think we start with a faux pas you made on the last podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Italian girl that's signed for sale and is pretty good. Can oh, we can we, uh, can we mean, put a name mean, to that oh, human being, please? Do you mean Beatrice Rigoni? We obviously. do, we yeah. do, yes. I was so excited about Beatrice Rigoni signing for sale sharks that I forgot I just called her an Italian girl. Yeah, so you we, did. Should we insert the audio? What? No, no. Yeah. Yes, 100% <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> With regards to signings, um, the, the PWR, see, I'm already on brand. Um, there's been there's been some interesting signings there. The, the sale sharks were going berserk about signing some Italian girls. So that was really great. That was a faux pas for me, episode two. Always, I only have my mouth to swap feet. So we've now dealt with that. Thank you, Coxie. You're so politically correct. Although technically, you're an absolute... Um, if you were in Germany, they'd call you an Aschenhaller. She's so important. Oh, mate, genuinely. Now she's a dame of the realm. So for those of you that don't know, the, 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 the car park at Radio X is, is sort of scallop-shaped. So it's like a big C. <laughs> and if somebody drives right into the middle of the scallop shape, all of the other cars can't get out. So Dame Sarah Cox has parked in here. There's about eight cars in, in the Radio X car park at the moment. Not one can leave because the Dame is in Do you know presence. why? It's because her butler was busy, so she had to drive herself. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. Wow, well, you went there. Right, firstly, I'm not a dame, okay? And secondly, and secondly, I thought it was only right to position Honda as one of our main sponsors of England rugby in the middle of the car park so they could have maximum exposure. There's no denial of a butler, then. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point uh, no I don't have a butler nor do I have a driver oh. right guys um, we've been told less banter more rugby Sorry. so please can we get down to uh, England versus Wales in cricket you have basball it's really entertaining they try and win at all opportunities in rugby union we've got Borthers ball we'll bore everyone to death exactly that uh, look let's not go much on the result because he did try and put a very young team out to do the, the big trim down for today where he dropped seven more players so the result's not there. I know it hurts for us as, as big fans and supporters of England to watch ourselves go over the uh, over the bridge, which you no longer have to pay for, uh, to then lose uh, quite you know 
heavily in in some ways. Um, but at least it made him make decisions to get to today, which has been massive. Some big big yeah, names but, dropped. See, I get really upset because like Blumeyer started the game, played sixty odd minutes, and then they brought Theo Dan on. Now I've got a I've got a real beam on it with Theo Dan. I'm sure he's a cracking rugby player, but he's played his way into the England squad on about eight Premiership games and. He's actually made it into the England World Cup squad, not because he's played well for England, but because Blamire didn't play well. And I find it really weird where they've probably sat in a selection meeting and gone, well, Blamire hasn't gone well, so we'll pick Theo Dan. But we don't even know what he's like. Like He's, he's played 30 minutes of international rugby and he's now going to the World Cup. It'll be one Sh- of yours when it form his temporary classes permanently, and that's what he used to tell me all the time. No, but, sh- but surely... There has to be um, something about getting a few games of rugby under your belt rather than just your straight in the England squad. Because you, you see a few. Johnny Wilkinson was one that hadn't played much club rugby but was thrown straight in. Well, this Theo Dan, he best be world beater. He will be. Yeah, I mean, is he third choice? Well, he's no, I, I, I or is he second got, choice? He's going to go in as number three because Jack Walker's obviously injured. Yeah. He, he's got three caps. But I just, it's more just a general thing about selection. That, and I've got to be in my bonnet that, that guys can be deselected through playing and then selected through not playing. Yeah, Don Brandt, a classic, wasn't it? You know, he he played, didn't he, on Saturday, yeah. and boom, straight out. Yeah, Slady came on, did a little bit of time. Well, yeah, go on then. Let's get let's get into it, Slady. <sighs> Gutted. I really am. Just as a chief, you know, it's nice to to see your own players, which is why you jokingly say you're going to. Sp- Support Wales. You're we'll not... talk about that later. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Um, but to see Henry dropped out as that experience for this. Look, I, I firmly think he'll be back in France uh, because From there's going to be an injury. Since 2020, he started more games in both centre positions for England than anyone else. He has. He's got something like 15 starts at 12 and yeah. 13 starts at 13. So Lawrence or Tiralangi are going to run into something big and heavy and it's going to break them slightly and then Slade will be straight back in, I think. Well, but Coxie, are you, are you, are you, have you anything to add to this? No, like, we don't know what goes on in the background. Like, Steve's come in, he's been with this team for a very short amount of time. He's got a very limited window to make all these selections and he's got to cut from hundreds that he's got available to him in the Premiership into a squad that he can train with into 33 that he takes to the World Cup. There are going to be some phenomenal players that unfortunately miss out on selection. And I think that, that Slady's one of them and, and Dombrant as well. He's, he's got to make some choices and, and he's done that and he's done that the best way that he thinks he, he can. Average age 27 though. So the, the young ones he brought in that were exciting, he's dropped them. No, I get that. They've just got to have experience because you, you, you've got to be in it. But the, but again, experienced lady has started more games for England in the last three years in both centre positions, yet he's not going to the World Cup. And you go, well, here, here's, an, here's an experienced campaigner. Even if you're not taking him as your front line, you would think he would be in the mix because of the level of experience he's got in that environment. Yeah, and I, th- I think Dunst has got a good point, is that he will end up back in the squad at some point if there are injuries. So each of the one, each of the guys that haven't been selected need to be ready that they could be called up at any point. And we have seen it so many times, numerous times in other World Cup campaigns in Six Nations where players get called up into into camp. It's not, not the end for him. It's He's not been selected yet. There's reasons for that, and it's quite clear that there are reasons for that. But it's not like you, you can't rest on your laurels now. Like You've got to keep keep up there, you've got to keep training, so on and so forth, that if they do call you up, you're ready to go. And France is really close, so it's nice and easy to get there, isn't it? Oh, God, you... you I'll fly you... him out there, or paddle him in my canoe I'm going to take to Jersey. Oh, jeez, that... <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him there somehow if King he gets chosen. I know. Which is a rude word and banter, juxtaposed together. Um, I still want to get back to the selection piece, which, which I find really peculiar, because... Th- 
there's so many different ways to look at um, test matches. Should you be playing test matches to win or do you go, oh, it's a World Cup warm-up? But then if it's a World Cup warm-up, why are you picking lads that aren't getting time on the pitch and dropping lads that are getting time on the pitch? Well, no. we've got more games, haven't we? Well, yeah, and Borthwick has said this morning very, very clearly that they want to win test matches. That is the aim. It's not working at the moment for whatever reason, but well, that is their aim. They, they want to win those test matches. But do you not get frustrated? Like, we've got the ball, there's eight minutes left in the game, we're two scores down and we're, we're doing a box kick routine. It's like, guys, you've got eight minutes left. If you're trying to win this test match, you ain't going to win it by throwing up a box kick. Jouet, it's got to be, hasn't it? Well, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really losing. I don't want to become like Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets. Just everything's rubbish. But at the moment, everything's rubbish. It's not. Come on, let's say. So there's 16 players who've yet played in a World Cup in that squad out of the 33. Mm-hmm. So there's there's people who are new, who are fresh into it, mixed with the experience. I mean, Ben Youngs has got 122 caps. Should he be there? Oh, I don't know. No. I don't think he should. <laughs> no. But he was always going to take three. Well, so I'm... he's taken his two mates from Leicester. Yeah. And you could look at that squad the, a little bit. The, 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 if you look at it, the Leicester and Saracens footprint within that squad is ridiculous. But it's well known to him. He knows them well because of... But I, but I don't think that Borthers ball. I think this this money ball rugby, percentage rugby, is not going to win your test matches. And if you look at how the All Blacks are playing, like they are... And France, you know, if it's on, they're going. And they're, and they're, and they're challenging and moving around in all different ways as opposed to... Um, just this formulaic, right, we're in our 22, let's set a box kick routine, let's kick. But is that not a very English thing to do? Quite formulaic people, aren't we? We kind of like to stick to structure. what we know, we like structure. So <laughs> Let's have a cup of tea and debate it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That'll fix everything. But we've got seven Prem clubs involved, that's it. So there's mm-hmm. seven different clubs there, the majority coming from, from two clubs. Uh, and then there are four from French clubs. Mm-hmm. But there's there's only three Premiership clubs that miss out on a player being there. There are, and then there's one who says unattached, which I thought was quite fun. Which is uh, yeah, Messrs Watson, who was going to go to Leicester after his central contract. They've just done that to keep him here so he can play for the World Cup. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but any other bolters from the England selection within the World Cup squad? Anything on the England Wales game from you guys? No, I think I think the squad announcement this morning was was interesting from from Borthwick um, and some of the questions posed to him and his his message that he kept relaying is that he wants flexibility in his players and in certain positions. And what, if like, you, like, can you touch your toes, I knew, What's the I word? knew you two were going to go for this. Slady couldn't touch his toes, so I, we took him out of the squad. I <laughs> thought I thought I'd worded that so that you couldn't get your shanter in, but go you've on. managed to do it. Go on, what was the word? Positional flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> Which will always be funny for someone who's got the brain of a five-year-old. No, but For you, yes. Position, no, it's, 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 it's coaching speak, isn't it? They come of course it is. Positional, so basically it's players that can play in multiple positions because you've got a small Correct. squad. Correct, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what he keeps referring back to, is, is around he wants players that he can play in different positions throughout different games and that makes total sense like why why wouldn't you have players that can move about in your back line so you can you can change up your your combinations in in whatever games that you're you're put in front of you what picking one number eight which is Speci- all we've no, got. one specific. Specific number eight. One specific But eight's eight. a very specific position. If he was going to do that, then he should have uh, that's got why... our mate Guy Mercer, or his brother Zach, more importantly. To have played, wouldn't he? Because he, he is an eight, but he's a Jouet eight. Yeah, but you, you're saying that about specific eights. He's got one there. 
that that's one. he's yeah but but then you've got guys that can play in other positions around that three tens three nines yeah and he wants guys that that will bring energy to those positions and whichever position he puts them in it will have to be around bringing energy to that and making sure that they are able to go into those games and put their put their best foot forward yeah but surely they're going to put more feet forward in the best manner if they're in a specific position I, I've got a vested interest here. I was absolutely at a right side of the lock, scrum lock, jumping at the front of a line out. That's all I ever did. So I'm I'm all for position. Yeah, but you're the old-fashioned type of <laughs> rugby player. But, but you've referred to the England DNA is is formulaic. So I'm all for formulaic. This is are we just are we just disappearing down a rabbit hole? We are. Just... Let's go back to we've got these warm-up games, and I think they've been really badly publicised. We've got Wales, England, uh, or oh, sorry, England, Wales, because it's at Twickenham. We've then got Ireland uh, over in Dublin. And then we've got Fiji at Twickenham again. And Fiji have quite possibly the greatest rugby kit in the history of time. They're a away strip, red on black, with sort of palm trees through it. If you haven't seen it, just just search. For, I think it's Nike that have done it. Yeah. It is the best kit. And I'm definitely going to be ringing up my old mate, Josh Matavesi, who's a fantastic signing for Camborne and is Fijian, um, having got 30-odd caps for Fiji. And I'm going to say, Josh, have a word with brother Sam, who's current hooker for Fiji, and get me some of that kit. <laughs> what was happening? You will were you running even, out of breath. Yeah. Will he even take your call? Oh, mate, yeah, of course no. he will. Great. No, Josh will. Josh is great. He's crazy. Absolutely mad as Josh, a boxer. Fight. Josh, back in the day, I was I was on the way down. Josh was on the way up. We were playing in the A-League. And this is a true story. And, and Ali Heifer basically said, Josh, if you don't have any brain explosions, we're going to start you in the Premiership next week. And we're playing Harlequins or something in the A-League. Kick comes through. Josh gets the ball. There's like four defenders. Nobody with him. He's, so it's, it's called an underlap. Not an overlap, an underlap. You're on your own. There's more defenders and tackers. Josh is like, I'm having a go. <laughs> Tries to have a go, gets tackled, turned over, they score. And you, I, I, I was like looking up in the stand. I just saw Heifer just like shaking his head, crossing <laughs> up his butt. <laughs> and then, because Chiefs are a very, very structured team, this is how you're going to be, what you're going to do. And Josh just couldn't handle the structure. And it, it, God bless him, he's, he's played at Lee Rassing. Um, he oh, he's been back. everywhere. Yeah, uh, he's just come back from Shotty Suckles. He's just signed for Camborne, um, where he'll be absolutely carving up. At, I think level four is it? Southwest one, yes, Southwest one, yeah. He'll be and there's Alex Duckers there as well, who is one hell of a flashing blade of a winger. So watch out for Camborne this year, people. They will be entertaining if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when even they don't know what's going on. Oh god, yeah. They'll you love, be like you, the Cornish Fiji. Mate, you love players that don't know what they're doing. They're, they're great to play with. That's yeah, Spencer's got to be the like the original one, isn't he? Carlos Spencer, like who knows what's going on? Oh mate, yeah. No he, idea. There's some amazing clips of Super Rugby where he, he tries from beyond his try line and does some amazing things. But yeah. so we're looking at these these preseason games. Obviously, England have got a nice little run up. I think th- there seems to be some sort of agreement because the last World Cup we sent a village team to Wales, they beat us, then they send a village team to us. If you're Gatland, do you go full tilt and try and beat England and really set the tone, or do you send like a fifth choice? And just he's going to he's going to go absolutely full tilt. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no other choice for those because Wales, I mean, have you seen the world rankings where they are now and Wales and Japan and everything? They're absolutely sinking. They're all over the place. So, so it'd be, the, the Wales are going to want to try and get themselves higher well, up these this rankings. Is the point. It's, but this, it's the World Cup warm-ups because they, they, they use all of this spin. Oh, it's a World Cup warm-up. We're just going to put our... It's about... The, Eddie Jones is the prime example, mate. We're, just, we're not there for the croissants. Oh, that's yeah, the Australian coach. For his his team are now in eighth Australia. Wales are ninth and Fiji are tenth. England are, are running high at sixth. But but the thing for England, bar, barring a, a cat- catastrophe, um, they're going to they're pretty much have one difficult game before they're in the World Cup semi-final. What's the one difficult game? Um, well, they've got Argentina first up. 
Yeah. And then they will play Australia or Wales in the quarterfinal. That's yeah. it. Argentina will, will frighten them, I reckon. First game up. Yeah. Yeah. Japan, well, Japan have dropped out the top ten. Completely. Japan have gone wrong. Something's mm. gone, something's gone wrong. Well, it looks like if you go to Japan, it goes wrong, and if you play for Japan, it goes wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, basically, and the only thing that goes well in Japan is your bank balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Italy climbing up to thirteenth. USA climbed up With to seventeenth. How angry! I mean, Kieran Crowley's gone in there. He's revolutionised it. Their under twenties beat South Africa in South Africa. They have got an, a phenomenal under twenty setup, by the way. Mm-hmm. That that is where they they pump a lot of their resource. Well, they and have, it is... But they've got to they've got to get these kids that are not. But it works so using. well. It yeah. works so well. And, and yeah, look what happened in the under twenties World Cup. They mm. they were fabulous. So England's pool: England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, and Chile. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Chile play rugby or not? They'll yes. be like they'll be South American. They'll be all about the scrum. They'll, they'll all be about set piece. Big I'm sure. We should we'll get see. Luke on. Luke's just refereed Chile a couple of times, right. so he'll he'll have the know how on those guys. Well, we need to get some guests on. So incidentally, guys, Sarah Cox's contact book now that she's a dame of the realm. She knows everyone, and and I know Not a certain a genre of rugby players um, from about ten years ago. So if, if if you want any guests like your Nick Easters or Coxie can name probably everybody in the universe, then we can get people on email brad at radiox.co.uk with recommendations on who you'd like to see on the pod. Round upon the rest of the results. Scotland, France. Wow. <laughs> was it a red card? We actually watched this together because we was, were at a party. We were discoing, but we didn't disco. Cause I was we I was rugby. losing my head watching Xander Faggerson come round and clear out the ruck because Bougarit was in an offside position, pilfering the ball. I don't and think he was offside. Well, he was jacked. So, so I've got to, I've got to give credit to to, to Tim Cocker on the, the, the egg chase. So I was listening to this, and basically, oh. Nick Berry needed to make a decision. He either needed to say Bougarit was in an onside position, hands on the ball, it's turnover. He needs to be awarded a penalty, or he's in offside position, he needs to take hands off the ball. Why is he offside? Well, because he, Berry's telling him to to get away. He's, he's got to make a decision because he's come round the side of a body. There's a body that's clearing the rug. He's come round the side, put his hand on the ball. So he's either offside or he's got all rights to it. Either way, a decision needs to be made. Either the player needs to release or Bougarit needs to get onside. So there should have been a decision made. And there wasn't. No, because nothing's happening, um, Fagerson. Fagerson makes the decision, I'm going to clear out. And then as he goes to clear out, he literally skims the body that's, uh, that, that, that supposedly is clearing the ruck and smashes Bougarit in the face. Now, Bougarit deserves an Oscar for falling down and acting like he'd been shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and and this this really rankled my gears because if you're a tight forward and you see a ball at the back of a breakdown, your job is to clear that breakdown. He's got in as low as possible with the bodies that are in positions and cleared it, and then he's been sent off. And he's now almost definitely going to get a four-week ban because he's got previous, and he's then feasibly not going to play anything in the, in the World Cup until maybe the last game. Best thing that happened in the game, though, wasn't it? Because then Scotland went on and won it. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, that was so French. The French were like, this is our third team and we're just going to play with Jouet. But I want to come back to this point. The referee should have made the decision. He didn't. And so the tight forward solved the problem and then he got sent off. Should have solved it legally, shouldn't he? That's the referee's view. Well, yeah. But like, be, you can't he... smack someone in the head with a shoulder Which and then not expect but, some sort of sanction. But that situation shouldn't have taken place. The referee should have made the decision either Bougarit should have been won the turnover, give him the penalty because he's in the right position, or you're in an offside position, get out of the way. And well, from what I can remember, right? Firstly, I don't agree with your <laughs> with your offside. Right. I don't agree with that. Um, it's you could say it's either holding on or he's off his feet, mm-hmm. but not offside. Mm-hmm. And he, from from what I can remember, mm-hmm. stop um, quantifying it, Coxie. Well, secondly, <laughs> why can't you remember that much, Sarah? Uh, well, we, there was a lot of other things going on at the it time. It was a busy night. It was a busy night. Um, mm. But 
at the same time, you, you can't put all the emphasis on, on the referee to do something about that. There's got to be some responsibilities to these players. They are international players and they are, are have been doing this for a long time. So to turn around and say, well, the referee needs to do something, both of them know what they're allowed to do. But if you're a tight forward and you see the opposition man about to turn over your ball, you're going to go and shift him. And that's what he did. You, you are going to shift him, but and you the, can't shift him by, by virtue of the fact of smacking him in the head with your but, shoulder. But there's a body in the way. There's no way he can get to that man other than hitting him where he hit him. So what's he got to do? He's got to say, if I go near You've got him, to let him have it. Because it's, you, there's, there's nothing to come from it, is there? Because It's an international rugby game. Yeah. You're, a week, you're three weeks away from the World Cup. And you're going, I'll tell you what, I'll let them have that. And, you're yeah, and you've lost your head. And you're a so tight forward. Lost, now he's lost four weeks of his life out of the game because he made a decision that was illegal. If he you can't knows, do anything about he knows, it... He will go into review on Monday and his coach said, why didn't you clear that rock, Xander? You and he'll give his reasons. He can just oh, give... I'll tell you what, coach, had I have cleared it, I'd have hit him in the face and I'd yeah. have been sent off. And I'd have had a red card and I've been there and Sarah and Ian said it on the radio. Having been podcast. in the environment, I'm not sure a coach is going to agree with that. I, well, I, don't, I don't disagree with you that you want to clear bodies out of the way because you don't want that ball stolen. But you've got to do that within the, the legals of, of the game. And he didn't. He They deemed it as that he'd, he'd smacked them in the face. Now, I didn't hear all the audios. We only saw it without the audio, so I could only go off what my experience is as a referee. They referred it, so he got sent to the bin, so he had 10 minutes, and then they, they referred it to the bunker, and the bunker came back without all the emotion, without all the, the, the pressure, the sort of pressure and, yeah. and, and everything that goes mm. with that, and came back and said, we believe this is a red card. Therefore, it's been upgraded, and it is a red card. Now, as to what comes out the back of that... We don't know, but there are clear frameworks and there are clear processes to go through that they have clearly gone through and have come out with a really red clear? card. Yeah. It's very clear. <laughs> is that what they but say, you're... though? They get in the bunker, they go, Nick, we believe this is a red card. I think they should have better words like that, shouldn't they? They should go... I'm not believe. Um, they wouldn't say believe this was. is. It's either is or isn't. Can't they have a term like that, just put him in jail, something like that. They <laughs> play it over to the referee. No, Send him to jail. And, go and, past and, go and, and collect the, £200. The, the, pounds. the other thing that sticks with this, that rankles with this, is then Bougarit went down like he was shot. Like, you could have put the platoon soundtrack behind him. Barber's a dad, Joe, for strings. Yeah, but Nick White started this, didn't he, last night? <laughs> like, with the, just a, a rough tap to his face, he was shot, he deserved I'm an not, Oscar. Oh, for was, that, was that with Faf de Klerk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm that not happy with the play acting. No, and I think that's more your frustration is is the play acting stuff that has triggered the whole process off, and you could see it when when he had that and he was hit in the face. Had had had, had he you not have gone down that. like he was shot, the game carries on, no one's fussed. Potentially, potentially, but you've also got the bunker, so there is there is the fact that they will be looking at that, they will be looking at things behind the scenes, and if it gets referred, they'll be. But it, but it's 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 creeping into the game. We're looking at what's happened, so we're looking at the the, the result rather than the action. Because yeah, but it, it will be eaten, Chris. This is no different to a nine throwing a ball straight into a lazy runner because he knows he's going to get a penalty. This is just part of the game. It's part of milking it, isn't it? This is part of working a referee. I know, but I just feel for Ferguson because I know as a tight forward, you see someone that's pilfering your board, you're going to go and clear it. He got as close as he could to the the body in front of him and he's, he's whacked this bloke. And I just, I feel for him because it's a World Cup and he's almost definitely going to miss a World Cup now. For, you don't for... know that yet. You don't know because it, it will go to a hearing. They they will go through all the process of the hearing. But they're, they're not going to say, but... oh, it's a World Cup, we should let him go. No, they're, they're not going to say that. Everyone's, for me, it's a rugby incident. He's gone to clean they, they could potentially turn around and say, for us, this doesn't tick any of the boxes. It doesn't take us to, to the point where we want to give it a red card as a, as a set of citing commissioners. Mm-hmm. Therefore, this gets thrown out. So okay. there is potential. They, we don't know what the result is yet, and we don't know where it's going to go. So it's it's for them now 
okay. it's for the I, higher powers look, to I deal got my with. I've in a twist with it. You um, have. You've got really big. Really staying big with the Northern twist. Hemisphere, Ireland beat Italy 33 17. No surprise. Look at where they are in the world rankings. Number one team. Everyone happy with that? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. And then South Southern Hemisphere, New Zealand just beat Australia 23 20. Kick, Richie Moanga came on right at the end, kicked the penalty. It was incredible. It was a crazy time. It was 3.55 in the morning in the UK, so not many people, I think, watched it here live, who were, unless they were really keen. But what a comeback for Australia, and Eddie Jones would have been there smirking a little bit, having the week before. Massive turnaround from that, wasn't it? Well, he's just judged me on the world. He can carry on with his judgment on the World Cup rhetoric, whereas, in fact, New Zealand did a scratch team and still beat the Aussies. You could say that, which, which yeah. is probably I'm, I'm quite factual. And then, and, then, and then finally, obviously from England's pool, South Africa went to Argentina and beat Argentina in Argentina. Uh, by how much? It was um, 24-13. So. That's not a bad score, though. No, but like, South Africa and Argentina, because Argentina are getting better as they, a, they as a are. team. They are. They're a, they're and, a good team. Augustine Crevy got his 100th cap. Yeah, really I'm, good for him. I remember really watching good. him with Worcester at Sandy Park a long time ago, and, I, and I, I was so... I had to go and see him and say, mate, you were phenomenal today. And he's like, oh, todo bien, or um, some, some Spanish. <laughs> Please don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I've done three accents South already. had to do something to be proved, didn't they? they? After the New Zealand thing, they had to go and uh, and do as, as strong a game as they possibly could against Argentina. Yeah, uh, I, I think the South Africans are going to be the team to beat. They've got pretty much the whole team that played in the World Cup last time round. They're going to do exactly the same thing. They're going to try and bully everyone in the Northern Hemisphere. If they get a bit of a rainy day. They're going to be tough to beat. Over world number one, Argentina. Uh, well, so let's whiz round. We'll finish our on-the-field conversation now. Is Let's have, after the first round of um, Northern Hemisphere warm-up games, who you think is going to win the World Cup? After that, oh. we, we, each, we can do this like every week. We can say who we think and we can see... New Zealand. Talk, right, so New Zealand. I think rugby's going to win. Oh, Rugby's going to be the that's winner. Not even an RFU media up, train. That's not even an RFU media train. Come on, that one. Give it, pick a nation. No, no. Oh wow! I'm so going to watch. She, she can only say England, but she doesn't think it's England. Even the so, even so media's got more of a spine. Doing reduction, Coxie doesn't think it's England, but she can't say who. No, I'm saying Wales because they're my new team. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> off the field. Moving on, off the field. In association with Excommunicate Media Training, Presentation Training, Crisis Management, you can train your team or individually at the Radio X studios in Exeter or at your place. More details on the Radio X website. And there is an absolute bombshell for the Exeter Chiefs women's team in the quite, I would say, arguably the best women's rugby player in the world currently, Kate Zachary, has signed for Ealing. She has. She's moved up to Ealing. I know. And I, poor old Exeter. <laughs> what a phenomenal player, though. Um, I think moving up to Ealing, Ealing are the new side into um, the women's premiership this year. So, be very interested to see what what those guys get up to with other signings as well, and how well they go. To be honest, um, it'll be their first season. It'll be their first run out on on this type of, I guess, this type of canvas. And yeah, with someone like her in there, I think they're going to be set for for having. Well, being onto a winner, really. And the, the, that's the second next the chief they've signed as well, isn't it? Yes, Charlie Willett is the first one. Um, Charlie Willett's got a magnificent Instagram where she documents the lifestyle of a professional rugby player. Yes, she does. It's amazing, and uh, and also her coming back from injury as well, um, which has been very well documented from her and all her rehab. So, I think it's actually quite cool that that she gives you an insight into the hard work that has to go into that for players to get back on the pitch because I don't think we see that all the time. So, no, I, I, she, she has a journal and she writes every day and she puts in like what's gone well, what's gone badly, where I'm improving, how I'm going to be better. Honestly, it. phenomenal. I, I I think like to to have that type 
type of discipline and to be able to do that every day, have the regime that she has every day and to be able to stick with that and not deviate from it, I think is you, you show what type of athlete you are um, and, and someone that's dedicated to the cause. But back to the plot, Kate Zachary, because Char- Charlie was in and around the chief squad, but was not the, the you know, Kate Zachary, she was playing at number eight, then she was playing at such, Could you imagine anyone in the men's game go, oh, I'll play in the centres this week, I'll play number eight next week? Zach Mercer. Zach, his dad might have. <laughs> guy, he's one of the guys. Guy. He could have done. Easy. That's what he's called, guy. Right. People say he's one hell of a guy. He's but, a guy. I, but but how, how damaging do you think this will be to the extra Chiefs women's team, or do you think that they've got a strong enough squad to bounce through? I think they've got a strong enough squad to bounce through. Um, and I think you're going to start seeing more and more of these movements around clubs. Um, and especially around some of the London clubs as well, you can see some movements that are happening. Um, so I, I think it's just going to be part and parcel of the way that the league's going to be structured now and, and the way that, that teams want to play some of the best rugby. So they're going to move clubs, um, just like you get in the men's game as well. And and some of the signings that Ealing have got, they've, they've got a couple of the GB7s girls. So they've got Emma Uren. Uh, Amy Wilson-Hardy, she's come across. A um, few of the uh, Wasp signings, another one of the GB girls, Abby Burton. So they've, they've got some, some good signings coming across. They've got um, Tyson Bookaboom from Canada. Unbelievable player. Um, oh, Bookaboom's brother. Sister, sister, brother, brother. Um, no, <laughs> but, I, but I, but I played against Brett Bookaboom. He was a huge Canadian dude. Uh, she, she is he Tyson so, Bookaboom. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's coming across as well. Right. Uh, phenomenal player as it is. So Can we just go back to that being one of the best rugby names I've ever heard. Bookaboom. <laughs> it's phenomenal, isn't it? It's absolutely oh, phenomenal. If you had a child, you'd call it Boogie. Yeah, Boogie Bookaboom. <laughs> <laughs> Please edit Sorry. that out. Uh, That's no, terrible. No, you know, you, I mean, you could have like, this, hi, welcome to Disco Inferno with Boogie Boogaboom. This is terrible. Stop this. I don't think either of you are in a position to say about people's surnames of your twos. All right, thank you. Um, so, so that's obviously the the, the mega signing news. Um, I was out the other night. I ran into a load of guys from Taunton. Um, Taunton Titans played in National One. They were they were concerned looking at Plymouth Albion. They've made a fair few signings this year, Plymouth, uh, and they're looking especially strong. And I should have mentioned earlier in the on in the on field that they absolutely pumped um, Red Ruth this weekend. Gone. Um, it, was, it was like sixty odd points, which the year before it was a very close game, and it was at the Brickfields. This time they've gone down to Red Ruth and and really served them up. So you keep... you you were heavily involved with them over the last couple of seasons. Plymouth, what, I was commercial director there. What what what's their plan? Because obviously they've they've come. I remember as a kid watching them against Exeter Chiefs in the Championship, mm-hmm. and it being. You know, them being a bit of a stowater, the 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 championship. Obviously, they dropped down. What what's their plans now? Where where are they heading in the future? Well, the plan the plan while I was involved in Plymouth was to, was to establish themselves as a solvent championship standard club, and and if they can get back to, I played against Plymouth at Exeter in the year we got promoted to the Prem. I remember watching you play. There was there was like six and a half thousand people at the Brickfields, and Albion were a, a better supported club than Exeter. People might find that hard to believe. They were. Uh, they had a, a one hell of a history behind them, um, and, and it's a bigger city. And, and they got it wrong, and now the, the, they've, they've been reeling from that. But they were slowly starting a resurgence. And with Ryan Lamb and Adrian Jarvis as two, um, Aaron Jarvis, there's an Adrian Jarvis played for Harlequins. Aaron Jarvis, um, you've got a real problem with names. I haven't have, you? yes. Yeah. Aaron Jarvis and Ryan Lamb are the coaches, and they're two cracking young coaches that are really getting their guys to buy in. There's a few stalwarts with Albion that have been there a long time. Herbie Stupple is a cracking guy. Um, Dan Collier, Dan Pullinger. There's some, there's some good boys there. 
they, they've got a real opportunity. And they've got, they've got a challenging national one because uh, Rams and Sale FC, and Sale FC is supported to an extent by Simon Orange, who owns Sale Rugby Club. So they get a lot of Sale players on dual reg. Uh, and obviously Richmond have come down from London. They're going to be good. And Chinna, the Oxford-based outfit, got Nick Easter, who's a good old pal of mine, is uh, their head coach. They're going to be decent. So there's, there's four or five teams at the top end of that league, and Plymouth will be in the mix. Uh, and they, they, they've got a tough start to the season. They've got um, Richmond away first up, and they've got Darlington away third game. Taunton in the middle of that, which everyone should go down and watch the Plymouth Taunton game. That'll be a cracking local derby. Yeah. And, and the national one, it's a little bit less structured than Champ and Prem because the lads. What all was work. hard, wasn't it? They they dropped down that one more league. So a load of the Chiefs guys now are at Pirates. So you yeah. just saw this big list of that. And in the years gone by, they would have been half at Pirates, half yeah, at, but, half at Plymouth, but, but I've, I've and got then a, a few at Taunton. Don't stop me on this. I've got a real bugbear. Don't we should not have... another one really? Please tell us about it, Chris. <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't have dual registered players. Extra Chiefs have got a squad with seventy four players listed on their website. Seventy four, and that's and then fifteen to twenty of them are loaned out straight away. They're nowhere near the first team. They, they might play a couple of Anglo Welsh games or, or what a Premiership Cup, whatever it is this year, but they're, they're not extra Chiefs. Can they... we have a section of the podcast next week so we go? And now it's time for Chris's bugbears and rants and get them all well, done in well, one technically, go. That technically that is in the bin. Well, yeah, but also, I don't I don't agree with you. Like, dual registering. <laughs> like, why is that not the perfect way to give young players that show a aspiration. lot... Aspiration. Well, well, aspiration and a lot of talent, game time. Some of the best rugby... But why, why, don't, why don't they play for their club all year? So, so for example... Yeah, but they are. No, but for example, we had a lad, Shea Cornish, was at, Plymouth, was at Plymouth Albion. So he's at Exeter Chiefs. So he trains with Exeter Chiefs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then he comes down for Albion, trains on Thursday, plays for Albion. He's now unsure who his club is because he's trained at Chiefs he's trained in the Chiefs systems he's nowhere near playing for the Chiefs and there's no disrespect to him he, you know, you've got international standard wingers so he comes down to Albion tail end of the week he's not really part of the Albion week in preparation he should be working a job he shouldn't be a professional rugby player because he's not he's not he's not in a professional team he's playing for a semi-pro team so he then comes down and he's slightly disconnected to the group of guys they're all working they're in the changing room after talking about their day at work having that, having the conversations that you have as a rugby player when you're aspirant you're moving up the levels or you're playing at the level that you found and there's nothing wrong with that, that being your level and it seems ridiculous that there's a group and all the premiership clubs do this this is not a bugbear against excuse all the premiership clubs you get these academy kids and they believe that they're a professional rugby player and then what happens is there's a, there's a, there's a churn so every few years, a chunk of these lads that you've never heard of don't make the grade and they're then released. And they're then lost to rugby because so many of them will not accept going to a, a, a semi-pro club where they train twice a week and the lads are having a drink and they're doing the bits and bobs because they want their protein shake. And, and I've seen it with guys when I was at Exmouth. We had a couple of young lads we come did, along. yeah. And they could not handle it. They didn't, they didn't understand. Now on the flip... Three hours later... Right, let's butt in quickly here, Chris. Yeah, this is I, war I, I, get, I do get your rant. However, it's great for these guys to be with their club and go, actually, I also train with the Chiefs. It's, and yeah, and, no, and right. it gives them hope and something to really strive for. But no, exactly, play, no, for, no, play for your club and be amazing. No, let's, let's touch on that. So you can't say in the same sentence that you want Plymouth Albion to be professional in the elite game of... No, no, listen. In the elite game of rugby, but then at the same time, you want clubmen. That doesn't work in the modern game anymore. So you do have to have loan players. And these loan players are going to train with some of the best teams in, in the English Premiership. They are going to be around the environment, around some of the best players in the world. And then, yes, they are going to come back into to those lower level clubs 
to bring all of that expertise in, you need to flip this on its head. And it's it's not about the, the it is about the camaraderie and, and coming in and, and fitting in with the team. But these guys are, are showing potential to go into elite clubs and play. OK, okay. Riddle, riddle me this, Coxie. Who has come through the Exeter Chiefs Academy into the first team in the last two years? I can't say uh, that can, I have ever talk, looked that closely. Talk, like, no, no, I'm sure that, the, that it's exactly the same at Sale Sharks. It's exactly the same at Newcastle. And this is my issue is they put these guys in and they are mobile collision support assistants. They're not rugby players. Fullback? Who? The fullback. He was at North Petherton. He got picked up late. Okay. Um, and he, but he yeah. was still one of those... And, and this, this, this for me is... Uh, to I'm go out, from North Petherton to the Chiefs. Yeah, but I'm outspoken with this. and I, 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 just, signed. I feel that... We all three of us are badly educated on who's come through the academy systems there. No, so, th- so firstly, none of us know the answer to that question. That's, that's a problem. Tom Cairns, Tom Cairns. Tom Cairns, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So, But at the same time, why wouldn't you expose some of these players to some of the best environments in rugby? Because, because the rugby clubs can't afford it. Because all the clubs are struggling for cash and they're spending chunks of money on these young academy guys that, that, that for me, would be better set learning their stri- earning their stripes at semi-pro clubs, volunteering their time... To, to, if they can go and do a little bit and get a little bit of experience but actually get a bond to a club and and I, I, I refer to this because I, I met up a couple of weeks ago and Ian came along as well there was there was Liddy Mist Yappy uh, Gary Kingdom these are all Brendan extra che- old these are all former Chiefs boys now we haven't played together for Anthony Walker. 14 years Tony Walker but we all met up because we had that bond and we were semi-pros at that time uh, when we were at the county ground but we have that bond and I just think that some of these pro guys are going to miss out on this because they're not really they're not in the trenches sharing the experiences. Yeah, and you also used to play in in cotton shirts, and that's, that's all amazing. moved on now, isn't in, it? In so, the mud. Yeah, in the in the mud, and now we're on three G pitches yeah, but, in skin tight shirts. Yeah, but so. how, how ridiculous is it when you see at level seven lads wearing these getting sprayed on shirts, and they're like five yeah, stone? That's, that's where the game has moved. <laughs> I'm so negative. And you couldn't wear those anymore because you're dad bod. I, so. I got fined in the last game uh, I played last year for uh, testing the seams on the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Because they are all skin tight. I mean, it fitted like a glove. It's stuck stuck in five places. I'll tell you what, if you don't want skin tight shirts, come and be a referee. We don't have those modern ones. Oh, yeah. Do you want to give everyone the secret of your shirts, Coxie? Do I want to what? The secret of your shirts. The secret of my shirts? What about them? Someone told me you might get them tailored so the arms are a bit tighter. Oh. <laughs> is that true <laughs> so many of the lads they fold them over to yeah. do the same well I can't fold them over because it doesn't look right you... for a referee to be wandering around trying to be up with the kids having your, having your sleeves rolled over uh, so so yes I used to but now I have female cut kit which do I don't need to do it anymore however I do know that there is a couple if not one referee that we all know that rolls his shorts over at least once at the top. Oh, Tony, so Walker, shorter. Tony Walker used to get his uh, mum to take all his trouser legs in because he's got like matchsticks for legs. <laughs> this, is, this is Tony Walker, the Exeter first team manager. The first team manager. He's yeah. <laughs> got the, the sketchy legs, the, the thinnest legs ever. They look like yeah, two little. His, his response to that always, I'll, I'll give him the right to reply. Dynamite always comes in sticks. sticks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, we, I've, I've gone very deep there and very dark. If you've got opinions, brad at radiox.co.uk, fire them in. We want to hear from you. It's not just about me having a good old moan final point it's, it's our final moan um i've now decided that i'm welsh my great grandfather was called evans and with daff jenkins and chris chunza in the welsh squad who are both extra cheese players and not a single extra cheese in the england squad i'm welsh fine 
Take it. Be cool. Welsh. I'd be English. I'm always English. I will support England rugby. If we do well, then that's great. If we don't do well, then I'll support England Dread rugby. You're a fickle old fart. But technically, what, what are we supporting? See, I'm, I'm South West. country. But should we not support our region and our lads? We've got two no, of our lads. Because they don't for play for our country. It's hard. It's going to be fine. Honestly, Eddie um, uh, Eddie, Eddie Jones is going to get onto Borthwick and say, <laughs> mate, you need to pick some of these old boys. And uh, Slady's going to be back in there and then you can be English again. Yeah. So, uh, when we get an injury and Slady's called back in the squad, then I'll go back to England. But at the moment, Wales are my team. Okay. You, you do that. That's okay. no problem. I like that, Chris. I like how quickly you've swapped allegiances. I've got a lot of time for a shallow, yeah, for a shallow yeah. personality like that. You can it's run so on. Fickle. You can run on for all this time about academies and all of yes. these things. Da, da, da. Take his high horse and charge like a knight. And talking about and talking and, about supporting your clubs and being a part yeah. of your clubs and, and then, and then, and then jump straight off. Oh, by the way, I'm now Welsh. It's the World yeah. Cup. As internationals is different. Oh, is it? Okay, yes. so it's one rule for one and one rule for another. Correct, yes. Right, okay. You're a fickle Inter- old fart. Inter- that's Inter- what you are. I, I support my local clubs. I'm all about my local teams and I want the best of us to beat the best of them. But when the best of us, there's none of us are in that team, then I've got to support the best of us in Wales. I can see where you've gone with that. I can see where you've gone with it, but you are a fickle old fart, so we need to move on. Okay, well, the, 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 moving on, the moving on is any other business because we're pretty much there. We've been on the field, off the field, and we're, we're coming back pretty soon to, to talk about local rugby. rugby. We've not talked about local rugby. Oh, yes, State of the Nation. State of the Nation. State of the Nation, this yes. Is, so this is going to be a new edition, State of the Nation. Uh, if you'd like to get yourself associated with it, please email in brad at radiox.co.uk. We need to get a sponsor for State of the Nation, and our first State of the Nation is going to be Exmouth Rugby Club. Ian is the commercial director. Ian, tell us about the State of the Nation at Exmouth Rugby Club. So what we want to talk about are different rugby clubs. Obviously, I can talk about Exmouth because uh, it's my club where I've been for a really long time. The fifth team captain, as we've talked about before. Uh, pre-season's going really well. Um, plenty of numbers there. We, as you know, we have caravans, which is uh, how we fund a lot of our rugby. Caravans are all clear now. This weekend, we've got a massive party on the X, which is uh, 12 till 2, which uh, tickets are still available for. Massive uh, festival out there on our fields, which is great. And then we can get back to rugby again. So we train twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Good number at training. Amazing squad all the way through. Really strong Colts team, which is fantastic to hear um, uh, that we've got this Colts team. And and that really feeds the the senior club. And we've, we've had a few Colts years drop out. And it's been hard because we've had to go outside to try and find the players. So we're a really strong community club with you know, lots of, I think it's I think 17 different teams with girls. We've got women's rugby this year for the first year as well, which is going to be massive. We're going to have, Haven't you uh, had a good coach for the women's team as well? We have indeed. Who's that? It's uh, the one and only England legend herself. Claudia McDonald. <laughs> yeah. I'll help you with that, Ian. So she's the, the flashing blade, the flying winger. She's going to be coming in and coaching your, your ladies' team. I she thought is. you looked at me then as if I was going to be doing it. I was like, I am definitely not <laughs> no, qualified for I that. Just, <laughs> I just had a mind blank for no, one second. No, I, yeah, I can definitely blow a whistle, but I can't okay. coach. <laughs> I can't even remember like half the first team coaches. Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't. What level at Exmouth play in their first team rugby at? We're level five. Right, okay. And it's a fantastic team. So look, looking to get a few more players in the mix. And, and obviously you've got a very social second team and an even more social Nomads third team. The, the mighty Nomads, the third team, yeah, rocking up the club and keeping the bar in profit. Uh, second team's very competitive, now plays in the league. Uh, so they're playing the likes of Exeter Saracen's first team, Withercombe's first team, Torquay's first team. So it's great that this is the second year of that. Um, and yeah, it's exciting that Devon finally... 
uh, have have done that and brought league rugby in because previously the the second tier clubs, uh, second tier teams within a club, only ever played in this sort of merit table. Now it's a proper league that has promotion, demotion, okay, or relegation. relegation. Mm-hmm. It's what demotion. you need if you want to know the best. <laughs> No, nice. Relegation's what you need. Yes, correct. <laughs> if you want to be a record breaker. What are you counting on your fingers? I was just thinking in mind, because obviously I can't just say it's this Friday, but on the 12th of September, August, August, I've got such dyslexia on August and September. 12th of August, Newton Albert have got a party on their terrace. They've just put a new terrace in. So this Friday night, 7pm, it's not this Friday, it's a Friday night on the 12th of August. The 11th. The, the 12th, 12th Saturday. The 12th Saturday. Friday the 11th. See, that's what I was counting. I couldn't get my numbers right. But that's another plug for Newton Abbott Rugby Club. So your party on the terrace is uh, on Friday. Their party. I've no affiliation to any rugby club at the moment. My party at Exmouth is on the 12th. So so 12th is at Exmouth, 11th is at at Newton Abbott. So if you want your... There's your weekend sorted. And we've been using the same marketing because they've got party on the terrace, we've got party on the X. So basically, if you're a party animal and like rugby, you're set. Newton Abbott into Exmouth. You're set for Newton Abbott, yeah. And then off off up to... uh, Can you catch a train from the two? You can indeed. Oh, excellent. Newton Abbott train station, (laughs) Sue through St David's, straight down to Exmouth. I'm, I'm actually fancying popping. Well, this we, 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 you might get two days of this where it goes live. I'm probably going to go to Newtown because my mate Charles Bourne is there, and he'll have his um, Westaway sausages bangers, which I quite like. And you like trains, don't you, Chris? Oh God, yeah. Final. <laughs> okay, so this is the final one. Let's put this in. So, my wife needed to go to the bank. We're about to buy a house, and. Um, she said, you need to come home and get the car. We're, we're a one-car family since lockdown. We've made it work. And uh, she said, you need to bring the car for me so I can go to the, the bank. I said, babe, the train station's like one minute down the road and the train takes 10 minutes to get into town. Um, and it's cheaper and it's faster and you won't have to drive the car. You won't have to worry about parking. And it's closer from the train station to the bank than from any car park in the city to the bank. So I'll tell you what happened next. She rang me and said, can you give Chris a lift, please? <laughs> and uh, and don't make any rant about the... Because she's my best friend. Uh, I couldn't talk about the train with her. So I'm going to squash him straight away, Chris. That's it, down. No, but then I had a chat with a mate of mine. He said, look, mate, women don't take the train. And I was like, what? Whoa, whoa, I know, whoa, well, this, whoa. this is what I thought. Whoa, I said, whoa, Coxie, whoa, Coxie. Whoa. I want you to get into to Faye's grill and say, Faye, you should take the train. She's it not been... going to do it. Chris, I, don't I love think this you. Is about but I love gender her more. and who takes the train. Well, I didn't. I I was so like, right. It's faster. It's more efficient. It's quicker. It's cheaper. There, there is no better way than to take the train. The car is purely an ego based decision. Yeah, because <laughs> you do drive around in a Land Rover. Uh, yeah, pollution. But he doesn't park <laughs> in the, the middle of the car park, registration plate. <laughs> <laughs> which is his wife's car and wife's registration plate. So anyway, that's off the field. Done. Chris. Said, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. No more rants, Chris. That's okay. enough of your Let's rants now. All right, we're all done. We are all, we're done. all done. We're coming back very soon. Brad the Rugby God, when we're back. Oh, plug in. Uh, Exeter Chiefs are, or Sandy Park, sorry, are hosting England versus Canada on the 23rd of September. I think that is going to be a good one to watch. 23rd of September, so it's a month away. 23rd yep. of September, England versus Canada. Yep, and then the following weekend, uh, Saracens at the Stonex are looking after England, Canada again. We're not really care for Saracens, are you? But we care for women's that's, that's rugby. That's the reason so. why I can't spot England too many Saracens. Yeah, well, we're off up to we're off up to the Stonex. They're hosting uh, England versus Canada for the second game okay. of their little mini tour. If the you Canada like, Canada are looking quite resurgent. They're looking all right, to be fair to them. <laughs> hey, anyone that's got someone called Ruka Boom in their team, <laughs> you love that. Don't you? <laughs> I do. I okay. do. Right, that's it. With uh, with Tyson Ruka Boom, with Sarah Cox, with Ian Dunstan, with Chris, and with Brad the Rugby God. That is episode three <laughs> in the can. Thank you for listening. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X.